Blog Talk Radio. Today's lesson is titled Judging Right Judgment. Say that. Judging Right Judgment. The text is from the lips of Jesus, St. Matthew, the seventh chapter, the first through the fifth verses. I'm going to have you shout it back at me for emphasis as I shall read. Judge not. Judge not. My goodness. Just those first two words can constitute a whole sermon. Let's start it again. And I want you to thunder it back at me. And remember, as I said, that these are the words of Jesus. Judge not. Judge not. That ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye measure, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye? And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye? But considereth not the beam that is in thine own eye. But considereth not the beam that is in thine own eye. Or wilt thou say to thy brother... Let me pull the moat out of thine eye. And behold, a beam is in thine own eye. And behold, a beam is in thine own eye. You hypocrite! You hypocrite! First cast the beam out of thine own eye. First cast the beam out of thine own eye. And then shalt thou see clearly. To cast the mote out of thy brother's eye. The next is from Reverend Ike, the 15th chapter and the 7th verse. It's really an affirmation. It's an esoteric affirmation. You will have to feel the spirit of this. Repeat it after me. Shout it after me. I see myself. I see myself. Everyone. Everyone. And everything. And Honestly, Honestly. Lovingly, lovingly, and divinely. And divinely. We're going to say it again. I see myself, I see myself. Everyone, everyone, and everything, and everything. Honestly, Honestly, lovingly, lovingly and divinely. It is an interesting thing how the mind works. It fascinates me more and more the more I learn about it. And as a matter of fact, the burden of the scriptures is to show us how the mind works. The universal mind as well as the individualized mind in us and as us. The mind is a judge. This lesson was given to me about two weeks ago when I caught my mind just automatically making judgments. And the more you learn, it's good when you can catch your mind in its action so that you can evaluate and analyze it to see if the judgments that you are making are positive. 
Because, ladies and gentlemen, the judgments that you make about others are going to confront you in and as your experience. I'm going to have you write that down, and I'm going to put it in the first person. Repeat it after me. The judgments that I make, judgments that I make about other people and things, will confront me in and as my own experience. Now, sometimes an individual mind can become so busy making judgments that the person won't realize how judgmental they have become. I'm talking about myself first. I want you to stop. Study yourself in the action of your mind. Watch it and see how fast your mind start making judgments about people. I mean, the mind goes to work on somebody right away. Oh, yeah, he's this. He's, yeah, she's the, Yes, 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 she is. You can tell by the color of his eyes. Look at that. Yeah, and look at her. You can tell, look at the way she's walking. You can, yes, uh-huh. And what is he doing out here this time of night? See, uh, the mind is a judge. Say that. Say it again. When Jesus says judge not here, it means don't make negative judgments because we're told in another place to what judge righteous judgment. Now, I caught my mind just running down judgments on somebody. And may I tell you this, it doesn't matter if your judgments are factual. If they are negative, they're still going to confront you in and as your experience. It may be a fact that that person you're judging is a rascal and no good and dishonest. All of those may be facts. But you see what happens when you begin to judge those negative facts, they become your thought. And as a man thinks, so is he. That's the law. I heard some preachers on, a, on an evangelistic television program not too long ago, and they had some interesting discussions. And they said that they noticed that whatever sins they preached about on Sunday, they were usually tempted by those sins that week. I won't tell you who it is now, but somebody who works in one of my offices tells about uh, what her former pastor, who was so very religious in preaching against sin, hellfire and brimstone, everybody was wrong and everything was wrong, and he even carried a Bible on a string hung around his neck. I never heard that, of that before. He preached about sin and hellfire and brimstone and ended up running off with the piano player. <laughs> judge not, for with the same judgment that you judge, you shall be judged again. When I first came to New York, uh, an older preacher said to me, Son, hey. You watch these preachers always preaching about adultery and fornication. So that's just what their problem is. <laughs> you, you can tell what, what sin is eating a preacher by what he preaches against all the time. So you make a hobby horse out of going around condemning, even if it's a fact. You have preoccupied your mind with that, and it's going to get Leave it alone. I figure that if you take up all of your time trying to keep your nose clean and your business straight, you probably won't have any time left to meddle anybody else's sin. You've probably got enough of your own to contend with.
And get busy seeing yourself correctly. Get busy seeing yourself as a child of God. And when you get busy seeing yourself as a child of God, then you'll be able to see others as children of God. The pop song says, take a look at yourself, and then you can see others differently. Get busy. And when I caught my mind a couple of weeks ago when I put this lesson was given to me, just caught the mind, just making judgment. I said, oh, stop. I see myself. You see, you must always begin with yourself. Because I'm going to tell you something. Do you recognize every judgment is really in some way a self-judgment? You couldn't see it in me if it wasn't in you. Well, and I'm going to read this quotation from Reverend Ike and have you repeat it after me. We despise in others. What we hate in ourselves. Certain things about people irritate us. They irritate us because it's really way, way down in us. So anytime you get irritated and aggravated with other people, it's a signal to you to clean up your stuff. So instead of passing judgments and, hey, what is this that I need to clean up? Say that with me. What is this that I need to clean up? Say it again. What is this that I need to clean up? See, the mind has a way of outpicturing what's way, way down there, but so many times you won't recognize it. Again, I quote that scripture from Reverend Ike's tape, Six of the Subconscious Mind. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. You see, many times when we see ourselves out there, we don't recognize ourselves. And I quote again the subject of Reverend Ike's mystic lecture, I meet no one but me. Say that. I meet no one but me. There is something of ourselves in everyone. This is why we are told not to be judgmental and unloving toward others. Not so much for their sakes, but for our sakes. You see, because here again, the person that you can't forgive is really not another person that you can't forgive. It's yourself that you're refusing to forgive. Wow. To refuse to forgive another is to refuse to forgive myself. Say it. Now, I want to say it in another way so that you can see what you're doing. Inability to forgive another is inability to forgive myself. Say it. Uh-oh. Now, mark this on your notes so that you can work on yourself with this this week. If there is somebody that you have not yet been able to forgive, that is a signal to you that you have not yet been able to forgive yourself. There are special seminars, it's very interesting now, where they take people all the way back into their past and have them forgive everybody, have them forgive their mother and their father, the ones that have even passed on. When you really get into that subterranean area of the, of the subconscious mind, you find a lot of stuff down there that the conscious mind didn't even know about. That, that's been doing you dirt. That's where all the bad luck is. And all of the little hurts and aggravations that you receive from time to time, you've got to forgive all that stuff for your sake. And your ability to forgive is a mirror and a measure of your ability to be forgiven. Now, if you find yourself unable to forgive or holding on to things that happen to you, it's a signal that you are a hard forgiver. No, I can't forgive them. I've left all they did to me. Oh, but if you can only see what you're doing to yourself, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. 
This is why there have been many documented cases where people never got healed, either spiritually, mentally, or physically, until they forgave. In one of his early books, Dr. Norman Vincent Peale tells of a man that died of grudgeitis. He had a long-standing grudge against somebody, and he just wouldn't turn it loose, and it had killed him dead, and he still wouldn't forgive. I mean, some people are like that. I, it's not that you're really hard on other people. You're hard on yourself. And when you see a person that's so, trying to be so hard on everybody else, you know why it is? Because they're hard on themselves. And you see sometimes what they call a bigoty person that tries to go pushing and shoving other people around. The real truth is that subconsciously, that's a very scared person. It's a very afraid and a very inferior person. And so they're trying to bluff their way through. Judge not that you be not judged. Be careful how you go around. And I want you to watch your mind this week to see how it starts making judgments. That's why the mind has to be brought under control. We have to become as Jesus, master. And this is why Jesus is called master. Because he was at that point of mastery, self-mastery, mind mastery. So again, let's repeat this affirmation. I see myself. Everyone and everything, honestly, lovingly, and divinely. And even when factually it doesn't look like that, you keep making that righteous judgment. Keep making that righteous judgment. Just keep making that righteous judgment. And keep repeating that righteous judgment to the mind. Jesus says, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye. Then shalt thou see clearly. You see, we must always begin with ourselves. Always begin with ourselves. And here's what Reverend Ike says, repeated after me. When I see myself clearly and correctly, then I see everyone and everything clearly and correctly. And now... There's a beautiful illustration from the biblical illustrator that I enjoyed this illustration and I want to share it with you, Edith Solomon. A little boy once went home to his mother and said, Mother, sister and I were out in the garden and we were calling about and there was some boy mocking us. How do you mean, Johnny? said his mother. Why, said the child. I was calling out, Ho! And this boy said, Ho! So I said to him, Who are you? And he answered, Who are you? And I said, What's your name? And he said, What is your name? And I said to him, Why don't you show yourself? And he said, Show yourself. And I jumped over the ditch, and I went into the woods, and I could not find him. And I came back, and I said, if you don't come out, I will punch your head. And he said, I will punch your head. So his mother said, ah, Johnny, if you had said, I love you, he would have said, I love you. If you had said... Your voice is sweet. He would have said, Your voice is sweet. Whatever you said to him, he would have said it back to you. And the mother said also, Now, Johnny, when you grow up, get to be a man. 
Whatever you say to others, they will, by and by, say back to you. And his mother took him to that old text in the scripture. With what measure ye meet, it It's time for Jessica and Tasia on Hindsight Radio. everyone. Welcome to the Divine Connection Show, where we want to divinely connect with you. We are your hosts, Jessica and Tasia. Hope everyone's having a good week. My week hasn't been bad. How's your week, Tasia? It's good. It's good. Um, I had a really good feeling through this whole week. Mm -hmm. Um, It feels good to knock some things off to list, get some goals accomplished. Yeah, you've been pretty busy. Still very productive. Mm-hmm. You've been working on some of, um, you've just been busting your debt off, basically. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll definitely talk about Tasia's journey and her process um, and just aggressively attacking this debt this so-called debt that's under the straw man. And, um, but first, just wanted to check in because um, it's that time of year where everyone likes to participate. I won't say everyone, but people like to participate in lover's time and Valentine's Day. And we just learned of something called Galentine's Day. Yeah, which all this is so, like, commercialized so that you could spend money, but. Right. It is, I don't know, it's like every, it's a couple of times a season or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so And it's working for them. <laughs> it is. So I'm not going to go into the history or anything about like what Valentine's Day is, actually is or anything. But I mean, one thing that the holidays do for people is it's a reminder of who you're thankful for and it's family, mm-hmm. you know, or your loved ones, like whoever is important to you, these holidays remind you of that. So um, there's a good and there's a, you know, bad, Mm -hmm. if you consider it bad. Um, You know, so, yeah, it's that time. But we learned of Galentine's Day, and that's apparently the day before Valentine's Day. Yeah, our friend had reached out to us. She's like, oh, (laughs) so, yo, Valentine's Day? Yeah, and I was like, what is that? So I definitely had to look it up. I didn't know. Either. Yeah, it was like I don't know. There's a lot of made up things. Everything's made up, but you know that's when girls get together, females get together. No boys allowed. No males involved, and they have a time. Um, what a gathering. Um, girls' night and food and drink the day before <laughs> Valentine's Day. Yeah, and I was like, oh well, shoot, we have Valentine's all the time, you know, and we have a good time, so we're, like, intentional with that. We recently, I basically, before all of this, I had Galentine's and Valentine's. I had the girls' night, and then I had date night with my fiancé, and, you know, seize the opportunity, you know, during restaurant week. That was fun. Yeah, we We didn't mention restaurant week. That's right. They don't have restaurant week everywhere, so we can explain what that is. 
restaurant week here in Ohio is when um, a lot of restaurants um, have deals on their menu. So you can either choose from what they have. It's like four, three or four course menus um, that you can choose or meals you can choose from on the menu, or you could choose off the regular menu as well. But there's like a significant difference in price. Like there's a deal. So you, it's, that's the time to go to your expensive restaurants. Like cause their plates are like $40 and that's the expensive plate. So I guess you can go as low as $15 depending on what restaurant you go to. Cause some restaurants aren't expensive. I personally didn't go to the cheaper ones, but um, yeah, they go from, I think 15 to 45. Mm-hmm. So um, it's actually a great time. So things weren't so different right now, like because of COVID, um, that would be something we could participate in like almost every day during restaurant week. Restaurant week is like, I think a week and a half or two weeks. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah two weeks. So we, you know, went out with our friends and had a girl's night. And then another night I went out with my fiance, which, you know, I have, yeah, yeah. One of the restaurants we we went to, it just was not prepared for restaurant week. So um, it wasn't the best experience, but I mean, I still, at least I still got to spend time with my loved ones and people I care about. So, but yeah. Um, yeah, and speaking about spending time with um, people you love. Yeah. Um, we really take that seriously as far as our family. Mm-hmm. And... Um, our extended family, and our added family. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we are family, so that's just how it is. Um, but, yeah, every um, every week we spend time. Like, so if whether we go out to eat or we stay in, we actually um, make sure we're doing something and if we're doing nothing, we're all doing that together. Yeah. And doing nothing is like watching movies um, and eating popcorn. The children love it, and that's what we do. But then we do some fun things, too, though. Mm-hmm. We do. We have game night, and we're going bowling this weekend. Right, making um, making memories. It's more like get back to – I think it's a reminder for people out there to – get back to creating memories with your loved ones because we know life is short Mm -hmm. um, and there's not always enough time to be with the ones you love. So it doesn't have to be robotic. Like for us, it's every week. And not only is it just we watch movies, but sometimes I spend a lot of time in the kitchen preparing a good meal. And, you know, it's just something that everyone looks forward to. Like Mm -hmm. we look forward to being around one another and the children love it. They love it. Like they don't want to miss like, I take care of my little cousin, um, and she's 11 right now. She'll be 12 next week. But um, she comes to my house off and on, but she's here a lot of the time. But she doesn't even like to miss out. So when she's with her mom, um, she's curious about what we're doing. She doesn't like to miss the weekend, especially our our Sundays because Sunday is our day. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what, that's just something that kind of developed. It just was an automatic. So it's it's just one of those things that we don't veer away from. 
because it would just be out of our routine. So like I said, even if we did nothing, we it's still like, uh-uh, this is, this is the time we actually chill. I know we should be chilling on Saturday, but we, we, us in our family, we do, we chill on Sunday or we do something, you know, movies, not the the way that things are structured, you know, um, it doesn't have to necessarily be the official Sabbath day. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, we like to go to the movie theaters. I shouldn't say movies. We've been saying movies the whole time, but Going to the movie theaters, we all love that. So a hibachi dinner or just make the most out of, like, Tasia wanted to, she wants to go bowling tomorrow. And um, I don't necessarily want to go bowling to actually bowl, but I want to go, you know, because I want to be there. Like, you know what I mean? So it's not even like, oh, you have to be elaborate and do, I mean, I'll participate probably, but I'm just saying, like, it's not like, oh, that's something I actually really want to do. It's not something I really want to do, but it's something I don't mind going and uh, watching or just being in the, yeah, or just being in the presence. Like, I don't mind. I'm, I've am i become that person. Like, I don't mind watching other people sometimes. If there's something I want to do, you'll know it, mm-hmm. you know, but some things, I mean, I grew up bowling a lot and stuff. So there's some things I don't, there's some things I don't care to do again. And, or like after the first experience, Mm-hmm. like jet skis like you know if I go on a vacation I mean jet skis isn't my thing I don't have to do that every time you know what I mean I will if I feel like it but it's like <laughs> tell them about the story when we went jet skiing <laughs> if I could post that I will <laughs> there was a time we were in the Bahamas and we rode the jet skis and somehow Tasia was driving and um flipped us over and she couldn't get up but somehow my phone recorded it so it recorded us like in the water and me getting up out and I don't know I was cool I guess I had a smile on my face and Tasia couldn't get up I I had to help her you know you're heavier when you're wet and I'm like I can't get up like (laughs) yeah do more pull-ups right but (laughs) the point I'm making is you know we go back not to the same exact spot, but, you know, anytime you're on vacation, it's like, oh, you don't want to do jet skis? I'm like, no, I don't care. To... Not because of that, just because I've experienced it. So it's like, yeah. no, but, like, if it was something like horseback riding, I would do it yeah, again and again. And That's again. okay. <laughs> right. I would do something that I want to do again and again. But some things I'm like, no, I've done it. Okay. Bucket, uh, what is it? Bucket list. Yeah. Check, you know? Mm-hmm. But, um, but, yeah, so... But yeah, so I we're going bowling. I don't think I've ever had a bucket list. <laughs> I guess those, those those goals you have, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. that's your bucket list. Yeah, so anyway, we're going bowling. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just looking forward to the concession stand. I'm going to be real honest with you. And, you know, and like laughing because I like to laugh and I like to laugh at people. So, yeah, just cherish like, every moment. Like, yeah. at this stage with all of us, you know, when we're here together and just being in you guys' company and just soaking it all up. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to do, you know, a whole lot. Right. And then because, like, even when, before I was engaged and, like, what, like, four years ago even, like, we used to, my, my house was, like, the spot where all my female friends came and we would have good girl nights. 
Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, I knew I'm like, oh gosh, this isn't gonna last forever. Cause what we had one friend that was already married, we had one friend that was going to get married, engaged, and all that. And so like these times are crucial because mm-hmm. we're not gonna always have this. The children are gonna grow up. Yep. You know, they're already talking about looking for jobs. Jobs, yeah. Which they're I'm 11 to, and 12. I'm trying to retrain them in that, too. I'm like, okay, <laughs> no, y'all don't want a job. They're really looking right now. And I don't. I have to talk to them about that because they told me today, like, Trinity asked me what my debt was. Like, how much mm-hmm. is your debt? Is like in the hundreds? That's because we was playing cash flow, and they're learning about that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm not surprised she asked you about yeah, your yeah. debt. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Like, she was surprised when I said, no, it was thousands. Because I was telling her about the student loan. I wasn't telling her in depth, but I didn't get to. But I was like, I mean, she said she was looking for jobs. They were like, what would you say What would you say if we got jobs? Because we're looking for jobs. <laughs> I don't know. They need to be children, though. But, um, yeah, yeah, definitely teach them about entrepreneurship. Yeah, I do and, not want them to have that mindset. Like, mm-hmm. But that's good that they already know. Um playing cash flow with you but another game we played because we had family night again um and we played monopoly for the first time with the girls and trinity crushed us in monopoly like your cousin yeah yeah my little cousin she my god baby (laughs) yeah people think she's my niece whatever but she's not um but we were playing that game and she was not afraid you know they only give you a little bit of money to start off with anyway so we were all buying little properties and she made a deal with me and I knew that the game wasn't it was just going to be um a cycle that wasn't going to be interesting after a while because nobody was making good deals so she made a deal with me so she could have all her uh properties what is it the colors you got to get all of them before you can put a house on it so she did a deal with me <laughs> I think she gave me a railroad and I gave her <laughs> a property that's, uh, you know, solidified that she could get um, a house. So she went from getting putting houses on there to hotels. And she was not afraid to lose any money. I promise you, she From was like, avenue to another but avenue. she had a plan. She was like, I mean, in her mind, she had it all made up. She thinks very fast. She's like, okay, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. And then like, she was counting her money. And like, I'm telling you, I'm like, she's gonna run out of money. She's not gonna have it. And then she got down. I mean, I learned a lot from watching her. I'm telling you, she was not afraid to get down to like $10. And like the whole time we're, we're all worried about landing on her corner. She, all it took was her for you to land on her property once and you were bankrupt. I was the first one. (laughs) I was upset. It was funny because Tasia. I'm not, I'm not, I'm a really competitive person. I played sports like all growing up. I coached basketball. So I'm very competitive. I do not like to lose. It's not that I'm a sore loser. Am I a sore loser? You're a sore loser when it comes to playing cards. You wasn't acting like a sore loser when it came to money. I'm not a sore loser. It's just I'm very competitive. It was funny, though, because Tasia, she she got past Trinity's block, (laughs) and then she landed on the card where she had to go back three spaces. And then she was bankrupt because then uh, rent was $1,000 in Monopoly, which was all your money. And it was so funny. It was so sweet because she was like, well, um, I mean, you could just give me some of it, like, <laughs> to keep the game going. But it was so funny. And it was just, uh, yeah, they're learning. Yeah. I mean, they are, they're ready. 
So conditioning them. Yeah. Well, and there's other programs to teach them that what we cannot. So we get her in um, like coding classes and things like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, because I I can't teach her that. Um, So try to expose them. I think she would be a good engineer if she's interested. Uh, But yeah, so that's a little bit about us and what we do. And I think if people do that more, you'll you'll appreciate life even more, especially during these times. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it was suggested that we actually talk about this part of our lives because um, it's like a reminder instead of, um, yeah, as always, I mean, we're going to talk about what we're going to talk about, the logistics of what we talk about in the show, but definitely um, a reminder. If you can make time for your family members or your loved ones, I should say, because your loved ones are your family, um, which if your friends, like um, the Bible says that there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And that's like legitimately true. Mm-hmm. And, you know, technically, you know, if we could pick our family members. We would not pick them. The ones we have, I should say. Yeah. So not all the time, all you know, time, yeah. not every single person. But, um, but I think it's, if you make time, I mean, if your schedule is really rigid or no room for um, any time block off like a few hours or um, once a month mm-hmm. or every other week do something like that yeah, I have a friend permits, yeah yeah I have a friend that she says she makes sure she has sibling time she said That's that it. she gets together with her brother her sister and she said and um, her brother she has the day like all planned out. She has to, they have to block off their schedule for that, um, that day. I think it's like a Saturday or even if it is a Saturday to Sunday and the wives can't even know, like her brother's wife can't know they're going, they're about to go have this family time. They went to some amazing places, you know, and they spent a lot of time. So, you know, like the salt cave and everything like that. I'm like, that's my type of stuff, (laughs) you know, but, um, or they go fishing, or something that they love, mm-hmm. and it's just her making time. She's like, no, this is what we're going to do, so, and they love each other, you know, their their yeah. bond is really That's strong, beautiful. yeah, so, I mean, mine is little by little, like, we went to my niece's basketball game the other day, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, I mean, it's better to be there sometimes instead of watching it online, I mean, the support, the love, you feel it. And it's just like memories. Like my niece will always know that. Like I was there for some of her games, not like, oh, I heard you, you know, you play basketball, I heard you did good. Send their text messages and all that stuff. No, if you're in the city, if you can make the time, we already have restrictions anyway. I mean, not like there's many people there. The bleachers aren't full. Just make time for people the best Mm -hmm. way you can because this is, now, if you're far away, like if your family is another another state, just make more effort to um, text people when you think about them. It's, that goes a long way, too. You don't have to be on the phone with people for hours or anything like that. But if you want to talk to somebody, talk to them. If you want to FaceTime, FaceTime, it just still makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes a big difference. So, yeah. I mean, I have a friend that um, she's in Georgia. She's very sick. Um, but she told me, like, I'm one of her best friends, and even though I'm furthest away, she said that I feel like she feels like I'm the closest because, like, even her family don't even mm-hmm. check on her. 
it's very sad, but you know, I just do what I can. So mine is just simple text messages and phone calls and that's meaningful to her, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. So that's love. Yeah, but then um, also with love, you got to make time to love yourself. Yes, let's talk about it, Tasia. Love yourself. <laughs> if you don't love yourself, how do you expect others to love you? Yeah. If you don't love yourself, you cannot expect anyone to love you the way you want to be loved. Yeah. You have to love yourself first because it takes a while for someone to love you like you want them to. And they may not ever really get it 100% right. Because mm-hmm. first of all, you're always changing. But what are some ways? I know I used to, I I remember when I took myself on a, a, a date, I guess you could say. That's how other people say it from yeah. the outside in. I went to a dine-in theater. I was happy about it. I was like, I'm going to go see this movie. I'm going to buy or a glass of wine, you know, and I told my friends about it and they were just like, so sorry for me. Like, I would have went with you. I was like, no, I wanted to go by myself. I didn't want nobody. Why didn't you tell me? I would have gone with you. And I was like, I mean, like, I couldn't believe that was like the first thing that came off some of their mouth, I mean, out of their mouth. The first thing they said was, I would have gone with you. And I'm like, no, I wanted to go by myself. You know, I wanted to take myself to a restaurant, you know, I mean, I'll go, but I know that's, uh, weird for some people and some people aren't comfortable to do that yeah. some people would never you wouldn't there are a lot of women you would never see them eating dining in by themselves alone I mean don't feel sorry for her she's dining alone yeah. I mean sometimes people are going through and they need that space but then sometimes be happy are, be happy to get out <laughs> some people are married and all of that and they're still going out like look I just need this time let me take myself to Brio real quick and treat myself to a dinner or something but yeah yeah and um oh for Valentine's Day I think I do have something planned for myself no you think you do oh okay I do <laughs> I'm pretty excited about it and it's nothing like really major or anything it's big. major to me like I'm excited about it like tell them what you you want to tell them what you did for yourself I bought me some presents she bought herself some nice gifts and she's about. waiting to open them on Valentine's, on Valentine's Day. Day so it's not like oh <laughs> this year I'm alone and I don't got nobody but it's more like I'm excited Valentine's Day is coming I got presents it's an excuse for me to get myself something it's an excuse for you to get yourself something but also like you know women need to I don't know to be confident in your singleness like Mm -hmm. you weren't always here and a lot of women it takes a while to get to where you're comfortable being by yourself and then you're ready you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For someone to come in and, you know, sweep you off your sheet, no, <laughs> support you and all, you know, things like that. Um, I just know a lot of single women that, I mean, a lot of single women are not happy being by themselves or they haven't done the work to heal themselves mm-hmm. or to make sure that they're whole before they get in a relationship or as whole as they can be. Um but people don't realize how detrimental that is. Now, if you just happen to meet somebody and you're already in your healing process or say you're in a mess, then, you know, that's good for you. That's just, you both are going to have to work at that together. They, Your new per- partner will have to be patient with your, through your healing process as long as they're supportive. But a lot of people don't have that, but they are also waiting. I know I literally have friends that are waiting for a guy 
to help them with their children or to just help them with their bills. Like they want that relief. I know women like that. And then I know women that are just like, I don't like being alone. Everybody around me is getting married or are married, you know, or some people that have low self-esteem and they feel like a man is going to, I don't know, boost their self-esteem. I don't know, but I wish more women would be happy with being single. There are so many perks to being single, you know, and then when you get in a relationship and get married and all that, that changes, but it could be blessed as well and just as happy, you know, but, or exciting is just a different dynamic, but it's just like, I don't know, like there's freedom in being single, you know, and then I don't know. This freedom and just, I mean, it's freedom in marriage, too. I'm just saying. I wish people would just, I don't know, be excited. I was excited, okay? I was excited about, like, my house and, like, having all my girlfriends over. I mean, what? Like, why would you not? I don't know. Like, I had a relative that got an apartment. I mean, I was like, aren't you happy you have your own place? Now you can just, you know, cook like you want to cook, and now you can have, like, you know, us over, and she said yes, but let me tell you, she did not mean it. The next, I mean, less than a month later, she had a guy in her house, you know, in her apartment, living with her. I was like, wow, she's just really not comfortable being by herself, and that just takes work, but yeah, so I think it's good that you bought yourself gifts. Yes, and I'm going to take a bowl bath, and... (laughs) Drink some champagne. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. And I don't really think I'm doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to go. I was going to have a Valentine's uh, party with the girls. Because I know my still can. I, I still can. I was almost, but no, it's going to be me time. Yeah. Um, I got some yeah. little presents. Because my mom, she, she used to give me a present every year on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And so then I started doing that for my daughter. So it's it's like I'm a I'm a giver. Mm-hmm. I'm I love uh, giving, and I love um, giving to uh, people. But I never really do much as far as buying for myself. Like right, because I think I'm like the best gift giver ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> but um, yeah. Know. Are so you better than me? No. I mean, I'm playing. Go ahead. Keep if we talking. compare. Keep talking. Keep okay. Talking. I, was, I was kidding. Go ahead. But um, yeah. So I'm just I'm happy that I'm able to do this for myself. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, it's not what was me on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. It's more like oh, I'm excited. Like I sent myself flowers. I love flowers. I absolutely love flowers. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just really excited about That's it. Good. It's a real good feeling. Right. Yeah. And and then, but here's the thing people need to know. I mean, I know they say this, people say this all the time. And Valentine's Day is just a day. It needs to be Valentine's Day all year round. All of that. Yep. That's nice. Romanticize it, all of that. But do stuff for yourself. Do things that make you, you happy. Like, I, it's been a long time since I bought myself some flowers and put them in a vase. Because mm-hmm. we used to get a bundle from Trader Joe's, you know, and just clip the stems and put them in a vase. But now I have all these plants that I've kind of, you know, veered away from that. I don't have anywhere to put flowers, you know, because 
oh my gosh, the house is covered with plants. I only got so many windows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I love to put like set aside like a vase and a vase and put your flowers in them. I mean, that just does something to a, a room and your mood too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, do those type of things. Um, do what makes you happy. Be spontaneous. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So we talked about that stuff, you guys. All the love, lovey dovey things. Um. I don't know if y'all have some good ideas. Put them in the chat. Um. But definitely, let's focus on creating memories, especially during these unforeseeable times. Um. But yeah. So getting back to the debt. Yes. Stuff. Um, Paige has been working hard and it's actually um, good to see. I mean, I'm trying this out for you guys. <laughs> she's trying I'm, out something different. She's doing, <laughs> you're not the guinea pig. That's worked for so many other people. Yeah, you're right. She's, yeah, you mean out of like us, mm-hmm, but us. I wasn't the, you know, she watched me and my third party debt uh, with my student loans. She mm-hmm. saw how successful that was. I think that gave her some momentum. Like, okay, I finally see it happening. So pe- for people that don't know, I had a third-party debt um, student oh, loans wow. removed from my credit. And, um, yep, I'm still tying up some little loose ends with that. Sometimes you get this stuff and it's just like, what? I don't know. Um, but, like, what happened, to- what happened to you? Like, what ha- tell them what happened yeah, to Yeah, so um, I told you guys last week that I had some of my collection fall off. The one that fell off, it was for AT&T, but they sold it to another company. And then um, it, that fell off, like, mm-hmm. I, and so quick. It was the quickest one. And then I get a letter this week, and it's saying that it was sold to another company. <laughs> so they dropped it and sold it to another company. So then I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, well, guess what? Yes, y'all going to gonna get this. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'll keep y'all updated on that, but um, I'm doing the credit repair uh, package templates that we offer on our website. Yeah, we offer the credit repair package bundle mm-hmm. on our website. So yeah. I'm trying that out, and mm-hmm. my inquiries fell off mm-hmm. completely. Like, they all fell off off of those letters and then um right now I'm working on my goodwill letters and simply a goodwill letter is uh when you miss a payment you just ask the company to um remove that pay that missed payment or have just one missed payment and you pretty much you just say you know I went into some hard times you know COVID hit I missed the payment could you guys forgive me for this I'm trying to buy a house you just make it, you know, your own real personal. And you say, like, could you just forgive me and remove this off of mm-hmm. all three of the credit bureaus? And um, I've seen it work for people. And now I, I'm doing it for myself. So I sent my second letter to that institution. And um, so I'm seeing what that's about, getting that together. And it's just pretty much with any debt that you have, it's not. Real, right? First off, these institutions—they are not real. They're right. fictional. They're all fictional. 
and it's all the all the transactions is just paper so they cannot prove or validate anything when you ask them for proof they're not able to provide you with wet ink signature they can't provide you with that from both parties both Mm -hmm. you and them have to have signed they don't sign it these institutions and witnesses yeah since they don't have that they don't have proof they don't have the full disclosure they need all this you ask them to provide this to you and they're not able to so they pretty much can't can't hold you to it because right especially the third party the contract the contract was not between yeah you and you're a third party like you're intervening like you I don't even know who you are you know yeah like and who told you who gave you permission like I didn't say and we are oblivious to this stuff like we did not know like I did not know I had no idea like of this Mm -hmm. So when I found that out, I was like, oh my gosh. I didn't even jump to it right away. I think I just let that sit in my memory that there is a way out. And I let I sat on that for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, I couldn't, you know, I had to come to a place where I was ready, like ready to fight for whatever. Because that type of stuff, is, you think it's scary. Because you don't, I didn't know anything else. Like I, what you just said, I didn't know all of that. I just knew oh, this is a way to get this off. But I didn't know why, but when you know yeah. the truth... And then they try to make you feel bad for wanting that. Like, oh, no, you owe us, you owe us this, but you mm-hmm. the one... Yeah. You're the one that's taking advantage of me. Right, and that's how we have to remember. And we it, it's a constant for us, since this is still, like, new. It's important for us to remind ourselves that, no, we are the ones being... We are the victims. We are the ones being scammed. You know, we are the ones being bamboozled into these, you know, institutions and the scams. And then we given our money. Like, that was a lot of money given, put out there to these, to the never-ending cycle, too. Because you're not, I'm going to say you're never going to pay off your student loans. But you know what I mean? Like, it'll be a long time before you do. And then they're insured. So even if you die, they're still going to get their money. Yeah. So once you find that out, like, what? They still get their money. Well, technically, why would you give them? Why would you give all of that to them? I don't know, but yeah. So we're seeing remedy from this mm-hmm. um, third-party debt. Yeah, I just sent and out the, um, a second round, a first round, and a second round of stuff. So it was less than thirty days. It was how how long before the first quick. one, and then my my credit score shot up like fifty points. Mm-hmm. And it was quick. Yeah. Um. So I'm interested to see. Everybody's process is different. Mine took forever, but also I learned a, a couple of things that I should have done. But still, it, it was it was still a process though. Like yeah. they weren't even reporting anything like late or anything like that anymore. It was it was a process, but I still prevailed. So that was another thing. I was like. I had to keep myself going by thinking like, well, I've been doing this a long time, so I will give it some time before yeah. it works, um, you know. And I did take a risk, but it's okay. Yeah, it worked out. It all worked out. Yeah. 
I'm excited about you though, because you got some big things happening in your life. So yeah. we both coming. do. Mhm. Big things popping. <laughs> so yeah. Um. So yeah, everybody. If you're wondering what we're talking about or where to get it, go to our website, jtmuse.com, and you can see that plus a lot more on there, um, including, like, your passport, um, to get your passport as a U.S. national, firearm webinar, um, vaccination exemption That's template. The big one, vaccination exemption template. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, third-party debt template and the credit repair package bundle. Um, all of that is on there. Our ebook is on there. Mm-hmm. Our um what survival our survival, survival book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um birth certificate process. Yeah, there's a lot and I know Bunday talked about that on his show on Monday. Um so go back and listen to it if you haven't on some of the stuff that we were talking about and we always, it's always good to refresh yourself on these things. Like everybody, we all have to do our due diligence. It could be overwhelming too, but just, just do it like little, little by little here and there. Study it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I expect it to be like I came like after a year or something, but listen, <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> I'm still like in kindergarten on this stuff. <laughs> But it's sticking, and like what I'm, what's even better is that the children will know. Like our children are going to be some fighters. They're going to be like, um, no, you know. Hopefully they have that backbone and things like that, and they won't be swindled into anything. But yeah, the children want to have it better than we have it. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, Always the goal. Anybody have anything out there? I don't see any. I don't know if they mean. There is a hand up, but do they mean to have their hand up? I've seen hands go up and down. I've seen. Um, okay, I'm gonna put you on. It's uh nine two nine five four four. Oh, I'm sorry. Peace, peace, peace. Peace, peace, peace. I got a question to ask you in regards to parole. Can you hear me? My Hello. apologies. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you, sis. What's going on? I had a question to ask you in regards to parole. Parole? Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll try. Oh, I don't think we know much about parole. I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. Oh. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, thank you. No problem. Yeah, call on Tuesday, Tuesday on um the Truth Tuesday show with our king. For our king, yeah. Peace. Thank okay. you. All right. Thank you. Okay. We're still learning. Our, bear with us, guys. We're still learning um, how to manage. Yeah, we are trying to improve things. Can you hear us? Okay, they can hear us. All right. Um, so sometimes you guys can hear us and sometimes you can't. But and earlier in the show, um, before the show even started, kept kicking people off um, that were calling in, including us, when we try to test out the um, 
the signal, I guess, on the for a blog talk, but but yeah, so that's just about it for us, right? Yeah. Um, we appreciate everyone's support. Um, you can call us. Some people have utilized our services and schedule consultations with us. Um, you can always do that at jtmuse.com as well. And, um, to help you more in the process or um, look some motivational talk. <laughs> Anything like that. You can also that. do a spiritual consultation. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's on there. Yeah, so anyway, yeah. So, well, everybody, have a good night. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you guys make the most of your time and with your loved ones and things like that. This weekend, have a great weekend. Um, Indulge in the company. Even if you don't go anywhere, just if you have a lover, get in your lover's face. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't, look, love on yourself. That's all I gotta say. All right. Well, anything you wanna say? To yeah. Um, we gotta talk about the show coming up. Good job. Mm-hmm. So the first one would be Monday. Sunday. Sunday. Mm-hmm. Sunday. Best, okay. show. Best show. Independent thinkers. I was thinking that, but I said the wrong day. Yeah. Independent thinkers at seven, and Monday is Bun Bay at seven p.m. and Akeem L on Tuesday. At 7 p.m. Solomon's Temple on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. And then us on Thursdays at 7 p.m. On Block Talk Radio. And we're trying to work out the YouTube, YouTube. thing. Yeah, we're coming soon. YouTube. Yeah. So Sooner we'll... than you think. <laughs> All right. Have a good night, everyone. And have a good weekend. Peace. Bye. Today's lesson is titled, Judging Right Judgment. Say that. Judging Right Judgment. The text is from the lips of Jesus, St. Matthew, the seventh chapter, the first through the fifth verses. I'm going to have you shout it back at me for emphasis as I shall read. Judge not. Judge not. My goodness. Just those first two words could constitute a whole sermon. Let's start it again. And I want you to thunder it back at me. And remember, as I said, that these are the words of Jesus. Judge not. Judge not. That ye be not judged. That ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge. For with what judgment ye judge. Ye shall be judged. Ye shall. And with what measure ye measure, and with what measure ye measure, it shall be measured to you again. It shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye? And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye? But consider not the beam that is in thine own eye. But consider not the beam that is in thine own eye. Or wilt thou say to thy brother, Or wilt thou say to thy brother, 
Let me pull the moat out of thine eye. And behold, a beam is in thine own eye. And behold, a beam is in thine own eye. You hypocrite! You hypocrite! First cast the beam out of thine own eye. First cast the beam out of thine own eye. And then shalt thou see clearly. And then shalt thou see clearly. To cast the mote out of thy brother's eye. The next is from Reverend Ike, the 15th chapter and the 7th verse. It's really an affirmation. It's an esoteric affirmation. You will have to feel the spirit of this. Repeat it after me. Shout it after me. I see myself. I see myself. Everyone. Everyone. And everything. And everything. Honestly. Lovingly, lovingly and divinely. And divinely. We're going to say it again. I see myself. I see myself. Everyone. And everything. And everything. Honestly. Honestly. Lovingly. Lovingly. And divinely. And divinely. It is an interesting thing how the mind works it fascinates me more and more the more I learn about it. And as a matter of fact, the burden of the scriptures is to show us how the mind works. The universal mind as well as the individualized mind in us and as us. The mind is a judge. This lesson was given to me about two weeks ago when I caught my mind just automatically making judgment. And the more you learn, it's good when you can catch your mind in its action so that you can evaluate and analyze it to see if the judgments that you are making are positive. Because, ladies and gentlemen, the judgments that you make about others are going to confront you in and as your experience. I'm going to have you write that down. I'm going to put it in the first person. Repeat it after me. The judgments that I make... About other people and things, will confront me in and as my own experience. Now, sometimes an individual mind can become so busy making judgments that the person won't realize how judgmental they have become. Talking about myself first. I want you to stop. Study yourself and the action of your mind. Watch it and see how fast your mind starts making judgments about people. I mean, the mind goes to work on somebody right away. Oh, yeah, he's this. He's yeah, she's that. Yes, 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 she is. You can tell by the color of his eyes. Look at that. Yeah, and look at her. You can look at the way she's walking. You can, yes, uh-huh. And what is he doing out here this time of night? See, uh... The mind is a judge. Say that. Say it again. When Jesus says judge not here, it means don't make negative judgments because we're told in another place to what judge righteous judgment. Now, I caught my mind just running down judgments on somebody. 
And may I tell you this, it doesn't matter if your judgments are factual. If they are negative, they're still going to confront you in an Azure experience. It may be a fact that that person you're judging is a rascal and no good and dishonest. All of those may be facts. But you see what happens when you begin to judge those negative facts, they become your thought. And as a man thinks, so is he. That's the law. I heard some preachers on, a, on an evangelistic television program not too long ago, and they had some interesting discussions. And they said that they noticed that whatever sins they preached about on Sunday, they were usually tempted by those sins that week. <laughs> I won't tell you who it is now, but somebody who works in one of my offices tells about uh, what her former pastor, who was so very religious in preaching against sin, hellfire and brimstone, everybody was wrong and everything was wrong. And he even carried a Bible on a string hung around his neck. <laughs> I never heard that, of that before. He preached about sin and hellfire and brimstone and ended up running off with the piano player. <laughs> judge not, for with the same judgment that you judge, you shall be judged again. When I first came to New York, uh, an older preacher said to me, Son, hey. You watch these preachers always preaching about adultery and fornication. So that's just what their problem is. <laughs> you can tell what, what sin is eating a preacher by what he preaches against all the time. Well, you make a hobby horse out of going around condemning, even if it's a fact. You have preoccupied your mind with that, and it's going to get Leave it alone. I figure that if you take up all of your time trying to keep your nose clean and your business straight, you probably won't have any time left to meddle anybody else's sin. You've probably got enough of your own to contend with. And get busy seeing yourself correctly. Get busy seeing yourself as a child of God. And when you get busy seeing yourself as a child of God, then you'll be able to see others as children of God. As the pop song says, take a look at yourself, and then you can see others differently. You get busy. And when I caught my mind a couple of weeks ago when I put this lesson was given to me, just caught the mind, just making judgment. I said, oh, stop. I see myself. You see, you must always begin with yourself. Because I'm going to tell you something. Do you recognize Every judgment is really in some way of self-judgment. You couldn't see it in me if it wasn't in you. Well, and I'm going to read this quotation from Reverend Ike and have you repeat it after me. We despise in others, we despise in others. In what we hate in ourselves. Certain things about people irritate us. They irritate us because it's really way, way down in us. So anytime you get irritated and aggravated with other people, it's a signal to you to clean up your stuff. So instead of passing judgments and, hey, what is this that I need to clean up? Say that with me. What is this that I need to clean up? Say it again. What is this that I need to clean up? See, the mind has a way of outpicturing what's way, way down there, but so many times you won't recognize it. Again, I quote that scripture from Reverend Ike's tape, Tricks of the Subconscious Mind. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things 
and desperately wicked. You see, many times when we see ourselves out there, we don't recognize ourselves. And I quote again the subject of Reverend Ike's mystic lecture. I meet no one but me. Say that. I meet no one but me. There is something of ourselves in everyone. This is why we are told not to be judgmental and unloving toward others, not so much for their sakes, but for our sakes. You see, because here again, the person that you can't forgive is really not another person that you can't forgive. It's yourself that you're refusing to forgive. Wow. To refuse to forgive another is to refuse to forgive myself. Say it. Now, I want to say it in another way so that you can see what you're doing. Inability to forgive another is inability to forgive myself. Say it. Uh-oh. Now, mark this on your notes so that you can work on yourself with this this week. If there is somebody that you have not yet been able to forgive, that is a signal to you that you have not yet been able to forgive yourself. There are special seminars, it's very interesting now, where they take people all the way back into their past and have them forgive everybody, have them forgive their mother and their father, the ones that have even passed on. When you really get into that subterranean area of the, of the subconscious mind, you find a lot of stuff down there that the conscious mind didn't even know about. That, that's been doing you dirt. That's where all the bad luck is. And all of the little hurts and aggravations that you receive from time to time, you've got to forgive all that stuff for your sake. And your ability to forgive is a mirror and a measure of your ability to be forgiven. Now, if you find yourself unable to forgive or holding on to things that happen to you, it's a signal that you are a hard forgiver. No, I can't forgive them. I've left all they did to me. Oh, but if you can only see what you're doing to yourself, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. This is why there have been many documented cases where people never got healed, either spiritually, mentally, or physically, until they forgave. In one of his early books, Dr. Norman Vincent Peale tells of a man that died of grudgeitis. He had a long-standing grudge against somebody, and he just wouldn't turn it loose, and it had killed him dead. He still wouldn't forgive. I mean, some people are like that. I, it's not that you're really hard on other people. You're hard on yourself. And when you see a person that's so, trying to be so hard on everybody else, you know why it is? Because they're hard on themselves. And you see sometimes what they call a bigoted person that tries to go pushing and shoving other people around. The real truth is that subconsciously, that's a very scared person a very afraid and a very inferior person. And so they're trying to bluff their way through. Judge not that you be not judged. Be careful how you go around. And I want you to watch your mind this week to see how it starts making judgment. That's why the mind has to be brought under control. We have to become as Jesus, master. And this is why Jesus is called master, because he was at that point of mastery, self-mastery, mind mastery. So again, let's repeat this affirmation. I see myself I see myself. Everyone and everything. Everyone and everything. Honestly. Honestly. Lovingly. lovingly and, divinely. and divinely. And even when factually it doesn't look like that, you keep making that righteous judgment. Keep making that righteous judgment. Just keep making that righteous judgment. And keep repeating that righteous judgment to the mind. 
Jesus says, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye. Then shalt thou see clearly. You see, we must always begin with ourselves. Always begin with ourselves. And here's what Reverend Ike says, repeated after me. When I see myself clearly and correctly, then I see everyone and everything clearly and correctly. And now, there's a beautiful illustration from the biblical illustrator that I enjoyed this illustration and I want to share it with you, Edith Solomon. A little boy once went home to his mother and said, Mother, sister and I were out in the garden and we were calling about and there was some boy mocking us. How do you mean, Johnny? said his mother. Why, said the child, I was calling out, Ho! And this boy said, Ho! So I said to him, Who are you? And he answered, Who are you? And I said, What's your name? And he said, What is your name? And I said to him, Why don't you show yourself? And he said, Show yourself. And I jumped over the ditch, and I went into the woods, and I could not find him. And I came back, and I said, If you don't come out, I will punch your head. And he said, I will punch your head. So his mother said, Ah, Johnny, if you had said, I love you, he would have said, I love you. If you had said, your voice is sweet. He would have said, your voice is sweet. Whatever you said to him, he would have said it back to you. And the mother said also, now Johnny, when you grow up, get to be a man. Whatever you say to others, they will by and by say back to you. And his mother took him to that old text in the scripture. With what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. As in the old legend, the wolf preached against sheep stealing. So very many people hunt down, I mean really hunt down those sins and others, which they gladly shelter in themselves. In the words of Henry Smith, nowadays, some people take upon themselves to reprove others for committing such things as they themselves do practice without amendment. Therefore, these people are like some tailors who are busy decking and tricking up others, but go both bare and beggarly themselves. Thank you, Edith. It's interesting in the story here of the little boy who said that when he went out into the garden, calling out, he said that there was some boy mocking him and repeating back to him everything that he said. Doesn't that illustrate, I meet no one but me? He thought that the person talking back to him was somebody else. And you see, that's the great thing in judgment. We judge other people because we think that is what they are doing. That's them, but it's really ourselves. It is easier to judge others than to improve ourselves. 
The people and things in our lives echo back to us our own subconscious judgments. Another quotation from Reverend Ike. Life meets me just like I meet life. Say that. Let's do some work. Say it again. Life meets me. Life meets me. Just like I meet life. Just like I meet life. The little boy didn't understand that that was his echo speaking to him. And really, you know, our experience is really our own echo coming back to us. The echo of our thoughts. The echo of our moods. The echo of our attitudes. The echo of our own ideas. I think it's Ernest Holm, founder of religious science, that makes this statement and gives us this question to cross-examine ourselves by. Can I afford the results of the thoughts which I am thinking? Say that. Can I afford the results of the thoughts which I am thinking? Isn't that interesting? Let's ask this again. Can I afford the results? Of the thoughts which I am thinking. I'll guarantee you that'll help you to snap back in a hurry. And when you catch yourself in a bad mood, in a bad attitude, you can ask yourself also, can I afford the results of my present attitude? Say that. Can I afford the results of my present attitude? Again. Because the next time somebody else makes you mad. And you see, that's a telltale. As long as somebody else can make you something, you're in trouble. As long as somebody else can get your goat. You have to learn how to control your own goat. See, even that is a telltale expression. The next time you find yourself in a, a negative mood, ask yourself the question, can I afford the results of this mood again? And you see, if you discover that your thinking, your attitude, your mood are such that you don't want to deal with or meet the results, you'd better change it in a hurry. That's what the scripture means by what? Be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let me tell you the greatest blessing in the universe. The greatest blessing in the universe is the ability to change my mind. Like somebody said to me the other day, I guess it was somebody who works in, in my office said, what about such and such and such? I said, he said, I thought you said you were going to do it this way. I said, I changed my mind. And I will not let anybody deny me the privilege of changing my mind. And don't you do that. See? Don't let anybody or anything deny you the privilege of changing your mind. Because in that is your salvation. In that is your progress. In that is your advancement. I am so glad that I can change my mind. Because if I couldn't change my mind, I couldn't change my destiny. See, because there is only one way to change your destiny. There's only one way to change your luck. And that is by changing your mind. See, that's why a lot of these social programs don't work. That's why medicine does not cure cancer. Because you cannot change conditions without a change of mind. You can't change anybody else's conditions. You cannot change your own condition unless you change your mind. That's a great blessing. And you have that power. I can change anything 
as long as I can change my mind. Say that. I can change Don't you forget that. I don't care what happened. I don't care how bad it was. Change your mind about it. Change your mind about yourself. Oh, yeah. Reverend Ike, what's that got to do with the Bible? What's that got to do with Jesus? Plenty. Jesus said, except you repent, you shall likewise perish. And repent is from the old Greek, old coiny Greek word in the New Testament, which means to change your mind. First sermon ever preached in the Christian church. When the multitude said, men and brethren, what must we do to be saved? The apostle Peter said what? Repent. First word. First thing you do is what? Repent. Means what? Change your mind. Change your judgment. <laughs> Nobody condemns you but you. And you condemn yourself when you condemn others. And you see, every man who is condemned is really under his own self-condemnation. You see, it is you that pronounces the judgment of health or sickness upon yourself. All right. And you who are judging yourself to be sick, go right back into the courtroom of your mind and get another verdict. Appeal to the Supreme Court yeah. of consciousness. All right. yeah. And as one minister used to say in parody, God says, I have created you well. How is it that you are sick? I have created you rich. How is it that you are poor? I have created you with all power in heaven and in earth. How is it that you are weak? And we're talking about judgment. You live under one judgment, your own judgment. You are right now what you judge yourself to be. The money that you have is under your own judgment. <laughs> Everything in my life is under my own judgment. Say that. Everything in my life is under my own judgment. And you see, if you don't like the judgment that you're under, you can appeal to the higher court of consciousness, to the higher court of thinking. You can go to the Supreme Court and get another judgment. That's repentance. That's repentance. You can get God's judgment. You can get good's judgment. You can get love's judgment. You see, we need to learn to accept God's judgment of us. I like what the Bible says. The theologians have ascribed this to Jesus as a person only. But it is the truth of every man. It is the truth of everyone in God. He knew no sin, neither was any guile found in his mouth. When Jesus was baptized and the Holy Spirit as a dove came and lit upon his shoulder and the voice spoke from heaven, a higher consciousness, and said this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. This is really God's judgment on every man, as dirty and mean as you've been. God still judges you to be his son, as weak and poor and dumb and ornery as you may have factually been. God's judgment upon you is always, this is my son. And I can prove it to you. That's what the parable of the prodigal son is trying to tell us in part. There was a boy that had been to the pig pen of life. There was a boy that had eaten slop with the pigs. There was a boy that had had his fill of the proverbial wine, women, and song. There was a boy that had gone as low as he could go and lower still. But one day with the slop still dripping out of his mouth, and there he was. The pigs had even beaten him to the corn, and he was eating nothing but the husk. The Bible says he came 
to himself. You ain't going nowhere until you come to yourself. Now listen, I believe in Jesus and I believe in coming to Jesus. But you don't really come to Jesus until you come to yourself. To truly come to Jesus is to come to yourself. To truly come to God is to come to yourself. And the Bible says he came to himself. You see, he had pronounced a negative judgment upon himself. He judged himself one day to be separate from God. You see, that is man's first and major misjudgment. You misjudge yourself. If you judge yourself as anything but a child of God, then you have pronounced a misjudgment on yourself. And even when you see the people in Skid Row and our poor brothers and sisters shooting dope in their arms and sniffing cocaine up their noses, let's judge right judgment about them too. See, that's another thing about the Almighty. God loves everybody just alike. God doesn't care a bit more about you than he does about the bums on Skid Row. Prodigal son came to himself. He passed a different judgment on himself. You see, he had judged himself separate from God. As I say, once you judge yourself separate from God, it's all downhill from there. As long as you think you're one thing and God is another, it's all downhill from there. It's all hell from there. God never condemns a man to hell. Only a man, a mind, can condemn himself to hell. And I'm not talking about hell after you die. You know blessed well that hell is right here. When you see one of God's beautiful creatures with needle marks up his arms and his nose burnt out with cocaine. I mean, there's no need to preach to that man and say, you're going to hell. That man's already into hell. Try to show that man who he is. Bible said the prodigal son came to himself. And when he came to himself, he went to the father. He passed another judgment. And he said, my father. What was he doing? Passing another judgment before he had judged himself to be a son of a gun. And so he lived like the son of a gun. When a man pronounces judgment upon himself that he's a son of a gun, then he lives like the devil and catches hell like the devil. But he said, my father, he heard his belly growl. And then he said, my father has bread. You see what he was doing? He had been judging himself as being poor. Now the poor are not going to get rich until they stop passing poor judgments on themselves. You're poor because you say you're poor. You're poor because you have passed the poverty judgment on yourself. You're poor because you let the the bureaucrats in Washington and the fancy sociologists tell you that you're poor. And you accept their verdict. But the prodigal son says, my father has bread enough and to spare. Let me hear you say it. My father father has bread bread to spare. spare. You want to be rich? Pass a rich judgment on yourself. What am I doing in this pig pen? I've got a rich father. What am I doing trying to get to this slop? What am I doing with the track marks up my sleeve? And after he judged himself to be God's child, after he judged himself to be God's rich child, he said, I will arise. Let me hear everybody say that. I will arise. Notice that will. 
See, one of the 12 powers of the mind. If you want to get out of that mess, you got a will to get out of it. I don't care how low you are. If you will, you can go. If you will, you can rise. God has already put everything necessary in you for you to rise. Let me hear you say, I will arise. You've got to get your will going. Now, I want you to say every word distinctly. Maybe you ought to ball up your fist this time. Come on and say it. Pass your righteous judgment. Pass your positive judgment and then say, I will. I will be well. I will be well. I will be healthy. I will be healthy. I will be happy. I will be happy. I will be loving and beloved. I will be loving and beloved. I will be prosperous. I will be prosperous. I will be successful. I will be successful. I will be rich. What happened? No matter what happened, I will. I will. I've got a will. I've got a will. As long as you have a will, you've got everything that you need. The will to be well will heal you and keep you well. What did I say? The will to be well will heal you and keep you well. I want every one of you here today to leave here saying in your mind, I will. Pick up your dreams. Pick up your good desires. Get a hold of that desire to be, to do, and to have that's burning in your soul. And say, I will. I will. You see, God is in the power of your will. And you see, if you announce your judgment and announce your will, then God will get to working in your will. God will bring everything together. I will arise. And I'll go to my father. You see, you can't get all confused by facts. It was a fact that the prodigal son was in sin. That was a fact. He was a sinner of the rankest kind on the level of facts. But sin was not the truth of him. And I got news for you. Even your stupidity is not the truth of you. There's some of us here, sometimes you thought that maybe you did something stupid, right? But say, my stupidity is not the truth of me. My stupidity is not the truth of me. You see, that's why you can go right back to court. The Supreme Court of Consciousness. Because the truth was not brought out. I've got new evidence. What is that evidence? That evidence is that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. That evidence is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
You see, I got new evidence on myself. That's what I want to send you out with new evidence on yourself. You are not that SOB you thought you were. I got new evidence. Because when the prodigal son was struggling up the road, staggering back to the father, see the facts accused him and said, look at that bump. But I got new evidence because I saw the father standing in the door of his heavenly mansion, looking down the road. And the Bible said that while he was yet a great way off, here comes that way off boy, way off. Now that was the fact, he was way off. That the Bible said while he was yet a great way off, the father saw him. Listen, the moment you turn your mind to God, listen people, God doesn't just meet you halfway. God meets you better than halfway. The Bible says while he was yet a great way off, the father saw him and ran. Now listen, don't tell me you can't hurry God. The Bible says the father did what ran. He ran. When you turn your mind to God, God will run to meet your need. The moment you say, my father, he'll say, what do you want, daughter? He'll say, what do you want, my son? Father ran to meet him, fell upon his neck, hugged him and kissed him. The scribes and the Pharisees and the church folks, they saw the father hugging and kissing this nasty looking boy. Says, why are you hugging that old bum? The father looked back over his shoulder. I don't see any nasty boy. This is what God says about you. This is God's verdict on you. This is God's new evidence on you. He says, this is my son. Wait, at the end of the story, the self-righteous eldest son said, well, he's been out devouring his living with harlots. Shut up. This is my son. I don't care what you've been doing. You're my son. You belong to me. All you have to do is come back home. All you have to do is change your mind about yourself. Pass another judgment on yourself. Aren't you glad about that? Now let's close with this treatment. I see myself. I see myself. As God sees me. As God sees me. I pass a new judgment on myself. I pass a new judgment on myself. I judge right judgment. I judge right judgment. I see myself. I see myself. Everyone and everything. Everyone and everything. Honestly. Honestly. Lovingly. Lovingly. And divinely. And divinely. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God in me. Thank you, God in me. I see myself healthy. I see myself healthy. Happy. Happy. Loving and beloved. Loving and beloved. I see myself successful and prosperous. I see myself successful and prosperous. I see myself with plenty money. I see myself with plenty money. In every form and amount. In every form and amount. That I need and want. That I need and want. And infinitely more. And infinitely more. This is my self-judgment. This is my self-judgment. I will not judge according to facts and appearances. I will not judge according to facts and appearances. Of a negative nature. Of a negative nature. I judge divinely. I judge divinely. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God in me. Thank you, God in me. So it is. So it is. It cannot be otherwise. It cannot be otherwise. And I rejoice because of it. And I rejoice because of it. Give God a great big hand clap.